Welcome to another episode of the Gospel and Heifers podcast. This week we are talking to author Avery Washington with his new book, The Oversexualization of Black Women in America. So join us as we talk to Avery Washington about his new book and how it still affects our community to this day. Because you English. That shit's hilarious to me. Yes. That shit was funny right there. I liked it. How you doing? Honey? I'm doing good. <laughs> I'd just be glad to be done cooking tomorrow, okay? <laughs> you know what? I was expecting that response when I played that clip. But it's all good. No, I've been laughing because I've been seeing a lot of memes of, uh, what's that non-talking dude that's running? Oh, and- my God, uh, Herschel. Well, oh my God, hey girl, they got, they, I get a headache every they time. They got a talk. picture of him in the back car with them two white, you know, and then they shared the doggone picture from with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> no trading places. Oh my God, when he was in the can, <laughs> they put them together. Herschel Walker sound like he did slave ebonic cards. That's, a, that's how he talked. I go rub. I go rub. Friends, old did. I mean, that's how he talks. It is just. Irritating. You can win. He he did a better job of talking like uh, Samuel Jackson did in Django. He he topped Samuel Jackson with the slave well, conversation. See the thing. The thing is, Samuel was acting. His is natural. That that is very true. So that's a big difference there. Well, first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Everybody who's in the kitchen Gobble, cooking, Gobble. going to grandma's house, your family's house. We hope you guys have a safe, happy holiday. If you guys are going Black Friday shopping, more power to you. I don't do that shit. Let me tell you something. The only way you need to be going to grandma's house if your ass is three or four. Because grandma's tired of cooking. Y'all, y'all grown ass need to be bringing something. For real. But but you know, the thing is, you you need to be inviting grandma. We, we invited our grandma. Yeah, grandma don't, she shouldn't be cooking no more dinner. She should be coming to your house. That part. Enjoying your food. Grandma says she's tired of you Negroes. Okay, then. So that's what we're talking about right now. But before we bring on our special guest, I got to go through a couple of things we saw online trending. And one thing I found very interesting is Lawrence Fishburne, he oh. opened up about going to therapy, about abusing his first wife. Now, oh, I thought you said my Lawrence killed you. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> it sounds like him beating on people and shit, needing therapy, but go ahead. But Lawrence Fishburne with therapy. And said he was in a physical altercation uh, with his wife, his first wife. I think he's been married twice. And he went to therapy. And I'm glad the brother is at least seeking therapy. Isn't she an actress? No, his second wife was an actress. Second, okay. Uh, How many? I'm I'm just going on one (laughs) and two. But at the same time, it makes you wonder why he played Ike Turner so well. Now we know why. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. It was natural. It was a natural reaction about whooping somebody's ass. I can't see him doing that. Girl, you don't know. It's so, I know you never know about people. You don't never know about folks. But you're not seeing him in, um, you know, wake up. Oh, school days. Yeah, school days and uh, other movies. Yeah. But still, everybody got personal issues. Everybody's human. So I'm glad he got help for that situation. Now, 
I know y'all know about this, but I'm still going to talk about shit anyway. Uh, the Chrisleys, Todd and Julie Chrisley. Girl, I'm so upset about this. Are sentenced to 19 years total in prison for fraud and tax evasion. Now, if you guys watch the reality series, which we love, Chrisley knows best. We have been watching this show forever and yes. find it hilarious. And now they have tax evasion and fraud and they're both going to serve time. The husband's going to serve the most time. Uh, the wife is going to serve like seven years. Chris, look, Kristen is not made for this shit. And I don't know is, why. Oh, my God. I, I it's so bougie. I, I hate to say it. Somebody's going to bitch him up day one. I hate to say it. Somebody's going to bitch what? him up I, day I, one. I'm going to pray that they leave that man alone. I hope. I don't want no more. But just the simple fact that he got to take showers like that and, and eat that kind of... Y'all know how bougie he is. And at the same time, they already canceled the show. Okay. Man, they, the show is gone once that sentencing came through because they were indicted back in 2019. So now, hey, the network said, "No, we not, we can't." No, can't nah, come this. on, network, go to go to jail. I want to see. Come on, get some money off the rerun, something. Or yeah, or at least. But I'm like, yo, they did this quick. Can they speed up with Trump? Because they did the same thing. I, I know wish, Trump is worse. I wish they would have the same energy when it came to that situation. I promise you. I, I told you, I think it's because a lot of people think he, you know, and I don't think he is, but people say his mannerism, and he got a black granddaughter. That too. Uh, other news, Kelly Brown, I'm not sorry, not Kelly, but Kelly Rowland yeah. uh, is getting the tail end. You know, she just recently uh, announced Chris, uh, Chris Brown as a winner mm-hmm. of one of the awards here. And when people start booing, She's like, hey, yeah, y'all, 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 chill out, chill out. And then even afterwards, they were talking, you know, gave her a quick interview, and she was like, everybody deserves a second chance. Everybody's dragging her behind this. So, <clears throat> you know, this makes me think of a post that I was, it was a real. If God forgives, why can't you Negroes forgive? There are more entertainers that have done worse. Now, I'm not saying what he did was right, but what I'm saying is people have a chance to grow. And I witnessed Dr. Dre. You remember Dr. Dre slapped that girl on national television? And still gets respected the music. Yes. So yes. And had more accusations after that. I, you know, this is what I don't like about us as people. We pick and choose who we want to harass mm-hmm. or who we want to downplay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Rihanna, if Rihanna was able to forgive him yeah, and Rihanna, not deal with him. Rihanna went back out with him. Yes. They're, they're, they're friends. She's, but she, I don't think she's going to date date him. But I think we need to stop dragging each other so bad. You don't see you nobody make, else. Everybody makes mistakes. If you keep making the same mistake, yes, by all means. But if he's trying to make improvements, then let's stop dragging each other. When you see somebody <laughs> trying to change their ways, stop dragging Leave them. Folks. Uh, granted, next, why they didn't pay the taxes. Because that's what greedy, you know, Caucasians mainly do sometimes. But know? at the same time, we want to send out prayers to comedian actor Sinbad. Uh, yes. Recently, pictures were posted on social media of his condition where he's still learning to walk after having a stroke from two years ago. It's a very painful picture to look at. No, I, yo, I didn't recognize. I had to look for a minute. Then I swiped. I said, damn, Sinbad. Yeah, so he was once on, um, of course, y'all seen him on Different World, a whole bunch of productions, yeah. comedy specials, Different World. He had his own show for a minute. It yeah. wasn't, wasn't ratchet enough, so they canceled it. I loved it. I show. thought it was a great show. But let's just send our prayers to Sinbad and his family. Hopefully everything will be back on track as he recovers from his stroke. Now we're going to go to a quick break. When we get back, I want y'all to buckle up your seatbelts because we got the one only. You okay? I'm buckling up. I'm okay. driving. Avery. Avery Washington's in the building, y'all, with his new book, and we will be announcing the winners that will win two of one each. 
copy of this new book, so don't go in. We'll be right back. There is no doubt that Nano Delta 9 THC is great for promoting a sense of well-being. By incorporating these nerd rope bites into your daily routine, you can reap the range of benefits. Although we also offer other wide range of products to support wellness, the nerd rope bites will give you that extra boost in addition to promoting a good night's sleep. Nano Delta 9 THC has also been praised by everyday athletes for its ability to aid recovery after exercise and boost their sense of calm. Head to gossipandheffers.com and make your purchase of the THC Knockout Nerd Rocks in three flavors, Blue Raz, Green Apple, and Strawberry. It's an 8 count and 40 milligrams per piece. Definitely recommend you only eat half. So head on over right now and get your sense of wellness with the Knockout Nerd Rocks at gossipandheffers.com. All right, we're back. We're about to bring in our special guest in the building. Uh, we met him years ago. This brother has a number of numerous books out. You guys are going to absolutely love him. With his latest <coughs> release, Oversexualization of Black Women in America, Avery Washington, y'all. What's happening? What's happening? Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Hear Let me tell you something. You are so professional. I don't care if we catch you on the street corner. <laughs> it just, just seems like you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. But it's good to see you, Avery. Great to see y'all. I see y'all twinning over there, huh? I see the hairstyles. Y'all looking nice over there. Thank yeah, you, we were just, she, you know, I, have to, I figured I'd be nice too and do her hair. <laughs> it's so nice to have when the holiday spirit hits you, Avery. But I first want to congratulate you on this wonderful book, brother. I've started reading this book. And I'm telling you, this book already had me. I was like, mm-hmm, amen. If this book had a collection plate, it'd be full. Mm. <laughs> okay? I so, appreciate that. First of all, what number book release is this for you? This is number seven. Number you go, seven. You go on seven. That's the lowest number. Yes. Oh, there you yes, go. That's, that's a beautiful number. Beautiful number. And I mean, such a strong topic. That's the thing I want to know. What motivated you? Can write this well book. well you know i've been married almost 24 years now and uh i have three daughters that i've been raising but i want to give people who don't know a little background information about me you know i was raised by three generations of black women you know a great grandmother a grandmother and my mother and i moved to houston from new orleans and i married a single mother so within that marriage i had two other kids and what i do most of my writing is about writings that will empower my daughters to leave a legacy with them to help them nav navigate through life so with objective with over sexualization of black women in america i have a 16 year old daughter and she came home one day and she was crying and i had a conversation with her and what it was is that even though she stays covered up you have adult men who over sexualize our black women but it's yes. a lot it's a long history behind that. So I had to have a conversation with her to boost her self-esteem up. Cause what happens is that a lot of young women blame their bodies and blame themselves for men approaching them or, or, or wanting to talk to them because of their physical appearance. Mm. So, you know, that's why it's so important to have a father in the home to be able to give those young women positive affirmations of love so they can build their self-esteem and they won't feel insecure about other people's uh interpretations or perceptions of them so um you know i wrote the book just to empower my daughters but also you notice every time i write a book to empower my daughters from my heart it empowers women across the across the united states and uh, it's been a blessing so i wanted to give a historical 
uh, facts about the over-sexualization of black women so we can all have open dialogue, male and female, about how we can move forward and how we can, you know, impact our women in a positive way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, your books definitely do that because I know Letters to My Daughters was a wonderful book. It was inspirational. I know you said you were um, wrote in your book where you were on tour and a woman came to you in tears just talking yeah. about how it impacted her. So, I mean, that's powerful. And, and I want to say this right now. Uh, black women have poured into me so much. And I feel as a black man and as black men, especially as black creators, we owe it to our black women to to put them in positive light, to speak of them in a, in a positive way and to uplift them. And we need to stop making content that is degrading our women. There's yeah. there, there's there's yeah. no excuse for us to do that. Facts. Yeah, and I totally agree because I'm seeing a lot more of it, unfortunately. And I would think it would be from younger men, but it's also men that are older. And I'm like, okay, I would think you guys know better because you're not too far off when that stuff was just in your face. It still is, but why are you endorsing this behavior with your own women? Putting them on their own history. So that's the shock value here that I find very surprising. But with this book, there is naturally over-sexualization of black women. I don't right. care what we do. If we scrambling eggs, we driving the car, oh, she's she, she just too out there, worldly, as you would say. Why do you think Black women have this stigma upon us the most? Well, I did a lot of research writing this book, and I went all the way back to the 1700s, to the late 1700s. Uh, about, and I, I wrote about Sarah Bartman. I spoke yes. about her story, about how Sarah Bartman you know, she was a member of the Khoikhoi tribe in South Africa and the Europeans came over and they took her to London, England. And when they took her to England, they had her like in a Piccadilly circus, uh, in a cage, uh, mm. you know, had people uh, paying to touch her buttocks and touch mm. her body and found her. And, um, you know, I moved from there and I go into slavery and I speak about how the slave masters will go to the auctions. And they will see the auctions block box as a, you know, a place where they can pick women for their concubines, you know, and uh, they were just, you know, molesting our women back in those days. And and I moved forward into the seventies to the uh, the pimp game. Yes, you know, just like uh, they used to break men and women in slavery. You know, pimps. I don't know if I can. I curse on here. Can I swear? Of course. Oh yes. Well, yeah. You know, pimps always talk about breaking a bitch. Yeah. And what's sad, I say black men, we have to hold ourselves accountable too, because we were pimping black women also. And yeah. we were we were breaking a bitch using that term. So as black men, we gotta hold ourselves accountable too and say why after black after black men were being raped by slave masters, yeah. black women were being raped by slave masters to, to break them. So why would you as a black man want to break a woman? And basically you saying breaking a bitch, why would you want to break a woman down to where she has no self-esteem at all and make her follow you? You know, I feel that I needed to write and talk about that and hold us accountable as black men. And then I moved forward to the black exploitation period in the film industry. Now the black exploitation period in the film industry, that's when we had a lot of black creators coming out. But instead of the, basically white, White Europeans created that false narrative that black women were innately hypersexual. And at the same time, they were saying that white women were pure. 
So that that narrative was carried on by us black men during the seventies, during the black exploitation period, during the move the film industry when black creators could have wrote positive images and positive roles for black women. We continue to write degrading roles for black women. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, that was definitely a period that you would think we would have our own production. We may focus on a little bit more positivity, but unfortunately, the pimps, yeah. the hoes, the, you know, and all that type yeah, of lifestyle. And I, won't wait. I will not watch those black exploitation movies. She, I, did not, she won't watch The Mac. That's a prime example. No, I mean, I've seen parts of it, but there's a lot of movies, you know, I won't watch from that era because I don't want to see the BS. Period. And as a woman that developed early, I know exactly what you mean with old. I will never forget going to the grocery store with my mom. I was 13. Fully dressed like your daughter. Had a, the nerve of an old Negro approach me. And I tell you what, my mama went off. She was over to the left going to get a basket. So I guess he thought I was by myself. My mother clicked. You can hear her all over that store. Surprise, she didn't kill him. Yeah, but that is something. I mean, I remember even talking to coaches coming up in high school. The eyes right here. Nope. I, but I'm up here. And here you are a young girl. Men don't understand how that makes a woman feel. Mm-hmm. Especially at such a young age and you are much older. They have no idea. That's the most uncomfortable feeling. I mean, I disrespect. I, I, I wasn't young, but I experienced some of that myself as I got <laughs> older. But it is a feeling you don't shake off Mm-mm. because you are so uncomfortable. And you actually sometimes you will go home and question yourself, knowing you were fully dressed. You wasn't right. trying to flirt. You wasn't trying to appease to anybody. You were just being yourself. But all of a sudden you're getting this unwanted attention. And it's very un, it's very tasteless on how the approach is. So, right. unfortunately, I think a lot of women go through that from all ethnic backgrounds. Yeah, that's but, facts. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, wh- where does it stop? But with your book, I'm hoping that we can get some common sense in here because you go on about how you discuss slavery, you discuss the um, era on where we had those movies that just basically put us out there not in a good light. Yeah. But do you think that Black men, because I know division is the main key, that mm-hmm. most of America wants, and they know if they keep black families apart, especially if black men and women are not getting along, mm-hmm. I think that's the, it is a deliberate agenda. Yeah. Oh it's yeah, a, facts. It's a deliberate agenda. But the thing I hate about the agenda is that a lot of our own people are carrying it out and not recognizing it. Man, you know what? We got good and bad people in all races, and I just look at it like this. You know, we need to, I created this book also to create dialogue, just like we have it now, so mm-hmm. we can talk about these things. We need to stop allowing, there's no excuse for us to let these Europeans continue to create narratives and to keep repeating these narratives over and over until everybody believes it, and then we start believing it. We mm-hmm. need to We need to continue to write and create our own narratives and follow through. And then another thing, we need to stand 10 toes down when somebody would uh, try to, uh, you know, create a narrative about us. And that's what I did respect when I saw Kyrie Irving the first time when yeah. those reporters were coming at him. Yeah. He, was, he was looking them dead in the eyes and told him, I don't care what you labeling me, I'm not that. And yeah. he, stood, he stood 10 toes down then at that point. 
but we what we need to do we need to do we need to keep continue writing positive uh, uh you know narratives about our women and, and and speak about their true essence you know i speak about the music industry in depth in the book also because you know we as black people we make a lot of excuses for this degrading music that's out there when we say something against this degrading music the first thing somebody say is oh it's just music but i'm gonna tell you how important music was when when the europe when 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 the slave masters was making black people go to church on sundays you know the the slaves were smart they took a lot of those words from christianity and created songs and they were singing songs with coding in it that would help them to freedom and they were singing these songs right in front of the slave masters that's how important music was then if you move into the civil rights movement music was so impactful and so empower so powerful in the civil rights movement it helped us and gave us the strength to fight and carry on mm-hmm. and, and, th- and then if you go into the r&b uh era where we had a lot of love music where black men was singing about how much they love and how much they respect their women yeah so so from what i see is that the agenda has been switched to where these uh radio executives are going to snatch out 17 year old kids that's probably coming from generations of poverty and say, look, we're going to pay y'all millions of dollars. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, but we're going to let you put this message out there because what we're going to do now, we're going to make this music, the new Willie Lynch letter on steroids. And that's what I feel about hip hop, the negative hip hop today. We still got some good now, but I feel that it's the new Willie Lynch letter on steroids. Yeah. And, you know, the sad thing is I keep telling black people this over and over and I won't stop that they have handed us a culture that is not ours. We have adapted to this culture in disrespecting each other, um, glorifying violence. And all you got to do, to, and it's sad to this day, you still just, if you just put a dollar, wave a dollar in a black person's face, they'll sell their mama out. But check this out, though. They want to cancel Kyrie for posting something. He never said a word. And they saying that uh, that was anti-Semitic and this and that. But if you really want to go deep in it, these same people that's saying that's anti-Semitic, they are paying black kids millions of dollars to speak about murdering each other. Yeah. To speak about black men murdering each other and that black women ain't shit but bitches and hoes. Yeah. These same people now, these same people that's trying to get rid of Kyrie, they making billions of dollars off of us promoting killing and 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 degradation of our women yeah but you know the thing is you know because I, I i missed when you know when he said it but i know my i think my homeboy ali asked me about it and i think he was pretty much saying that hebrews blacks were the original hebrews and i think because like i said i didn't i didn't witness the comment but it's true so how is that racist anti-semitic when it's the truth but that's what Kyrie was saying, because if you really go in depth with the definition of Semitic, it's all about language, you know, and what they're doing, they're trying to put it on a race to try. This is what this is what America does. When black people start learning about themselves and we start empowering each other, mm-hmm. what they'll do, they'll label us something negative and they'll keep looping it in a cycle until yeah. we start believing it ourselves. And then you have people like we seen earlier calling this man an idiot. You calling this man an idiot because he's learning about himself? Yeah, that's well, that's crazy. Anybody saying is an idiot because I knew <laughs> how he said it. Um, it's true. Uh, thank you for the cash, FD. But you know what? <clears throat> we were just on Instagram Live with Lawrence Killerbrew, mm-hmm. and 
we were talking about your book and he made a very interesting point about how can a man write about this subject matter when you would think a woman would be speaking more on Well, you talking about Lawrence for one. Well, I understand that, but he mm. said it was the only reason I'm bringing it up because Avery, Avery said, it was, said it was a good question. question. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, this book was hard to write. And uh, I spoke with an editor before I wrote the book. And he was like, Avery, you know, you're really uh, walking on, you know, treacherous water right now. <laughs> thin, a thin line writing a book like this. He said, because somebody might get offended because of the way you write it. So what I decided to do, I say, well, I'm going to write the book from a historical point of view. So the book is factual. And yeah. it's a it's a timeline from the 1700s until now. I mean, and and I'm not gonna lie to you. This is my seventh book, and I just recorded the audio book. And when I recorded the audio book, and I I kept repeating it over and over, and I was like, damn, this book is very deep. You know, it's a good book, and I think this is the uh, my best works. And my daughter, she's 16, my youngest daughter, and she had a girlfriend over, and I gave her a copy of the book, and she just started reading the book out loud. And was so empowered by the book immediately because she's able to relate. And I cut all the fat out of the book and I'm just putting strictly facts in there. And also I have a powerful poem in there at the beginning of the book yes. to, to empower the young women or the adult women that read the book soon as they open it, they're empowered. And then yes. I also have a quote from Malcolm X, you know, when he said the most disrespected woman is the black woman, but yeah. I leave solutions at the end yeah. of the book. And the solutions, the solutions I left was as black creators, we have so many. All of us, I challenge all black creators to write books that's going to be empowering for our women, uh, make movies that's going to be empower, empowering for our women, make music that's going to be empowering for our women. And we need to stand 10 toes down whenever somebody tries to make us repeat a negative narrative about us. Well, hold on, Mama Miss, because we are going to show the book and talk about more about the book. But I, I, you know, I like what you said about this um, 17th century, because even after they kidnapped this woman and put her in a circus, you noticed that white women started wearing these dresses with rods in them. Yeah. A lot of, you know, the just, backside. Oh, the yeah. Right. yeah. Right. So that we've been the most imitated and looked down since day one. Because mm -hmm. they didn't have booty surgery back then. So now... <laughs> They can just go get them some fat put back there. But that's what they were doing. When you all see these old movies like, um, oh, my God, what's the one um, that we watch a lot of with um, Scarlett O'Hara? Oh, Gone with the Wind. Yes. All of those dresses have those garments in the back to make them appear like black women. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people didn't realize where they came from. Yeah. It came from, like you said, the, the woman that they put in the circuit. And there's been numerous of black women. And, you know, it, in, in the... To know that they was letting them feel on her is disgusting and disgusting. But go ahead. You I go. I, I go deeper about her. I mean, it's worse than that. Mm. I can't talk about it on here, but it gets real deep. I talk about everything that they had her doing. That's the sad. And the sad thing is because they was turned on by it. Yeah, yeah. They. I mean, they would have couples. They brought her to Paris. They would have couples get into a circle and have parties and have her in the middle of the circle. And they would just take turns touching her, you know, stuff like that, just humiliating her. So our, our young women need to know the history of behind a lot of this stuff that's going on. Do you but, think, uh, I mean, as a man, do you think there's any way that we can possibly get on, on, on the same table with black men and black women? Because like I said, I see a big division 
and all the behaviors that we're talking about that was an origin of slavery, generations later, here we are doing it still doing it on each other among other uh, races, you know, already having this mindset about it. I mean, it's not even just sexualization when it comes to, you know, black people, I think, are easily labeled. Like, if I'm having a conversation with you now, and if I'm having a conversation with somebody uh, else, well, um, calm down. Yeah, black women are... Calm down. Yeah, black women are labeled aggressive and loud, and black men, are they dangerous. But, you know, I I stand by what I said on the um, earlier when we was talking to Lawrence. And this is why I said I love to see a black man speaking on an issue that's obvious of black women's trauma and pain. Yes. And we both need to start. This, this is one way I feel like we can come together. Instead of the division, black women need to pay, acknowledge what's happening to our men, our black men. Talk about it. Mm-hmm. Show some empathy and care. Black men need to do the same thing as you did with this book. You know what? In chapter six, I talk about relationships between black men and black women. And, you know, I've been married, you know, almost 24 years. And what I've learned is that as men, a lot of times, and not all men, but I speak for myself, you know, I I I wasn't aware of some of the things that I would say that could trigger trauma from the past. You know what I'm saying? From, From my wife. So I think as men, we have to be very attentive to the, to the women that we're in relationships with, to our wives, and make sure that we're not saying things that's going to trigger them or trigger trauma from their past. So we just have to learn to be patient and, and communicate. And uh, that's and, and it's happening, believe me, because there's a lot, you know, people be saying black love is dead. That's a lie. It's a lot of successful black relationships. It's a lot of successful black marriages. All our friends are married, been married over 10 years or more. And uh, black love is real, but we just have to continue to have dialogue like this. And I appreciate you all having me on this platform to have that dialogue. And to answer the question earlier, you were saying uh, you, uh, the guy was asking, how could a man write books like this? When you're raising daughters, <laughs> yeah. hey, it's going to be a whole lot come out of you that you ain't know you had in you. That part. <laughs> Say, but uh, believe it or not, my daughters are the reason for me becoming a writer. Because I always wanted to leave them powerful affirmations to empower them. So if you look at all my books from one to seven, I'm always saying something empowering about my daughters or saying something empowering to uplift my daughters or to uplift black women, you know? You know, it's funny that you said that because not only did I just share my story, a bunch of celebrities that's been married 20 plus years, it was a bunch of them, that black love is real. But I was on live with someone and he's a black man talking about love don't exist. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Are you that damaged? Or did you not witness it? I don't I don't know. A lot of are people you, are damaged. Yeah, I listen to that BS music. And mm-hmm. I really believe rap is really filling our children and our men and women's head with garbage. A lot of stuff. A lot of garbage. Cause like I said, it's it's you know, you listen, you eat pork all day, you're gonna feel like shit. If you eat sugar, I'm all glad day. you're saying that. Yeah, because to me, what you listen to, what you eat, what you allow yourself to witness and your see, intake. yeah, you mm-hmm. in, you're taking this in. It comes a part of you, and people don't understand it. Like you were just saying with the music that we did during slavery, mm-hmm. you know. And not only, I mean, we've always been clever, and that's this is why I learned why white America has such an issue when it came to cornrows. When I realized that black women were cornrowing. Coral maps, yeah, freedom, yeah, that was genius. Yes, yeah, 
and had the nerve to call somebody stupid. Not only are we outsmarting y'all, we built your country. We still thriving. No matter what obstacles they put in front of us, we You're still going to thrive. But we need to thrive even more as a unit. Once we get back together as a unit, that man, part. nothing can stop us. You know. And see, I want to touch on this too. Y'all have a great father. And just like, you know, my daughter had that situation and Michelle spoke about, you know, having a similar situation without a father being in the home to talk to that daughter about that situation, mm. man, that daughter can go down a real dark road. And, uh, you know, we need black men in, in the home and this music, yeah. this music, we got it. We got to put a stop to it. You know, I understand we as creators, we have to be free to express ourselves but if you if you if you saying certain things to tell a story, that's one thing. But if you just on there saying, "Yeah, I'm a skeet in that bitch face. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that." Yeah. Just degrade women and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna kill this dude. I'm gonna kill him," and all that kind of stuff. Man, that that got to go. No, it's facts. Yeah. And I, you know, I always tell men because I always say, "Well, you know, gotta be there for your son." No, you need to be there for your daughter too. And mm -hmm. the, and the woman, the mother needs to be there for the son because the son needs to know. Um, the nurturing of a woman, the love of a woman. And going through the things that we did, we did not have the father, we wouldn't have probably known better because a lot of women that suffer from not having a father normally look for love in the wrong places or yeah. accept things that you should not accept. And, I, you know, and I had this conversation as well when it came to voting. Oh, I don't vote, yada, yada, yada. I said, you know what, that's black people problem. And it's all, then it's turned to Illuminati. It turned to a lot of garbage. And I said, you know what? If we organize and work together, and if we kept our money with in our community, mm -hmm. and if we showed up in droves to vote, because they're not taking your vote away. They're not trying to make it hard for you because your vote don't matter. That part. But oh, we are yeah. easily distracted because I'm like, how do you get from voting to, to a damn Illuminati? I said, this is your problem. <laughs> you are so yeah. distracted on the nonsense. <laughs> and I mean, like, if you're going to talk about Illuminati New World Order, I need you to go really research it and know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> mm. that had nothing to do with what I'm This is why I tell people you can't mess with the Jews. The Jews have went through something not as bad as blacks. No, 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 no. Everybody is from the Holocaust wouldn't know what... Walk it wasn't park. no walk in the park, but the reason I said it wasn't as bad is because it wasn't separating shit, and at the end, they actually hired some Jewish men, the Nazis did, to collect their Jewish books, their culture. Mm -hmm. So they still had something to go, after the Holocaust, they had their culture there to go back to. Blacks had, we didn't have that. We didn't have our culture. We don't have our language. Nothing was preserved. Nothing. And yeah. the Nazis actually preserved their culture and their art for them. So I'm not saying that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't bad. Any, anytime you murder, separate, and pick on any person because of their religion or their color, it's terrible. And it should never happen. But if Black people had the chance to still know our culture, because we were separated if we spoke the same language, because, you know, language, tons of languages in Africa. If you spoke the same language, you were separated. They shaved your hair because it showed your status. And it also identified the tribe you came from. So they had to, they, they erased all that. So we had nothing to go on besides the garbage we was given.
And I wanted to ask you, Avery, since we're in this new time period where we're just blatantly getting disrespect from, you know, other ethnic backgrounds as well as our own, and we're seeing all these images and sit, hearing all this, do you think it influences more ratchet behavior for some women who don't have guidance? That's where I was going for as uh, you, you having a dad in the home and my daughter's having a dad in the home. You know, uh, having that dad, he's going to sit down and talk to you and teach you about, this is what I teach my daughters. I teach them that most men tr treat you the way you carry yourself. Mm -hmm. A lot of women don't want to hear that. It's yeah. facts. But it's the truth. It, it could be a guy that, he could be the most disrespectful guy. But if you carry yourself like a young lady, he would try to step his game up, even though it might not even be in him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> he, he gonna try to step his game up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, but, but, so now I say, these are facts mm -hmm. because I've told Michelle plenty of times I went out with my friend to the club. I can walk past the same man, but I turn around, she's getting the spat on or drink thrown at her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so these are facts. the way you carry yourself, it commands respect. Also, you know, I hear a lot of women saying, you know, black men are intimidated by strong women which it, it, it's, it's not it's not true in my opinion because I love strong women. I married my wife because she was a strong woman. But there's a difference between walking in a room and the way you carry yourself, it commands respect. It yeah. commands, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to say it. But if you just loud and being boisterous and this and that, that's, what, that's what men don't like. And, 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 say, yeah. and that is not being strong. That's just being loud and disrespectful. And ghetto. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, being aggressive. Yeah. And being aggressive is not going to turn no man on. It, it, um, works, it I, works my nervous it, woman. It, no, I'm looking at you like, why are you acting like that? Why are you so aggressive, so loud, so evil? Talking so, you know, disrespectful. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to do all that. But mm -hmm. I do like the fact that I see a lot of black women are trying to because we, we are the only culture of women that like to say strong, strong. I'm so strong. I'm glad and, you said that. Yeah, but but you know what? We we you know when you put that label on us, mm -hmm. then people it comes think with a lot of it weight. comes with a lot of extra weight. And no, I'm not strong. I need somebody to help carry this load. There you go. There you go. There you go. You know what though? I I, I touched on it in the book that uh you know I teach my daughters. I, my my mother was strong and independent. My wife is strong and independent, and I'm teaching my daughters to be strong and independent mm -hmm. because I love that. But what I, where I draw the line at is when that 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 narrative is being pushed and that agenda is being pushed to where women are saying, I'm strong and independent, and I don't need a man at all. Right. To me, that's what America wants, and they want our homes to continue to be separated. So I teach my daughters to be strong and independent, of course. And yeah. they love themselves and have a relationship with themselves, but I don't want them saying they don't have to, they don't want, they don't need no black man. You know what I'm saying? I don't want that yeah. at all. I love me a black man, baby. No, because you know, you said that that does carry a lot. And I think even with the recent release of the woman king, there was right. controversy about that because you have the woman and the king. Are you guys trying to demasculate men and everything? Oh, why they couldn't nature? change the name to why something else? Been queen or something of that nature. So I think that we are definitely obsessed with these labels. You know right. what I mean? We are obsessed with these labels. 
and that you know if we feel that someone is going out their way to disrespect my greatness that's when you hear mostly well i'm a strong independent yeah you can be but at the same time don't cut off the bridge where you can't you, nobody can roll with but you. are you independent by choice or by because your mouth has blocked all your blessings <laughs> Well, you wild, boy. Wild. <laughs> That's facts, though, because sometimes your mouth can chase away your blessings. I, I don't mm -hmm. sit back and argue with men, especially if I see one of them. Like, you do have a lot of men that like to um, argue with women. I don't I'm argue with men. Um, my daddy told me a long time ago when I was beating up neighborhood boys, keep your damn hands off them boys because I'm going to kill somebody or go to jail. A man ain't supposed to argue with no woman anyway. Yeah, but you got a lot you of that. You got a slew of them out here. It's so many. They will sit there and argue. I'm like, do, are, do, are you wearing thongs today, sir? I mean, I'm trying to find out what the temperature is. <laughs> and then when, you, <laughs> then when you call them for what they acting like a bitch, then yeah. they have feelings. Right, right, right. I don't argue with female, especially male bitches. I don't do neither one. <laughs> but you know what, though? <laughs> you just reminded me of something. These, these television shows and all of that stuff like that that's on TV right now? Yeah. All, it, all it's doing is teaching black men and black women to disrespect each other. That's why I said, as, as black creators, man, we got to get rid of that nonsense and put something out there that's because positive. You, yeah, but you know, I told Michelle, I didn't notice it until like Love of Hip Hop. I mean, it's been out there with the hip hop, the music. But when I started seeing Basketball Wives, and now you see these women. Housewives. Of housewives these people, I'm like, y'all doing this in real life, throwing drinks at each other? Cause it, you know, it seemed like it amped it up a little bit more. more. Like it's cute to be ratchet. It's cute to be argumentative. It's like all these stereotypes that we do not want to be bothered with is being endorsed because it seems like the more stupid or ignorant you, you act, you more the you more get. spotlight you get. And I don't have the patience for it. I know I don't, and I definitely don't. Neither one of us want to represent that kind of energy. No, because for one, I dad, I don't care how old we are. You can sit your ass down. <laughs> I, I could be 105. Daddy will still check you. <laughs> yeah, buddy. But it's like when I see things like Medea, the movie, I can't relate to a grandmother cussing and smoking weed and carrying a gun. You know, I can't relate to it. I can't. But see, that's 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 that that funery, that buffoonery. You know what I'm saying? That's what they're yes. putting out there. Yeah, I can. You know, it, it was like a little bit of a of the Huxtables. And if you can just throw a little slight ratchet, whatever, just a, just a sprinkle just a ratchet, slight, just a yeah. sprinkle. But that's that's the upbringing me and Michelle have. But you know what? None of us know the truth behind the Bill Cosby thing, for as uh, why you know they didn't allow him to buy NBC. But in my opinion, if you look at when Bill Cosby was was doing these TV shows, he had positive images of black folk. You yes, know, you had you had a lot of kids wanted to go to college when they was yes. watching, you know, a different world. Yep. And and basically, if this man would have bought that national station, think about the programming that he would have put on there. That yeah, programming would have changed the trajectory of Black America. And they won't yes. gonna let that happen. And 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 that they don't they don't want to let that happen. They'll mm -hmm. let this they'll let this fuckery be on TV, but right. you know <laughs> something like that. And since he's been gone, we haven't had programming like it was when he was there. No, it's, no. it's definitely gone downhill because I can't. The last positive show that was African American thing, I can't even remember the last. Sinbad year. was a good show, and they I, took I, that I, off honestly, there. I cannot remember within the last year. But the mm. sad thing is, like, what do you say? 
It's facts. You are not going to put this positivity out here for these black folks to start looking and thinking, of, you know, better because you had more, like you said, going to college. You had more people getting married. Yep. Um, and, the you know, people always want to use this term, um, an educated black person is the most threat. No, uh, a couple, a black family is yeah. the biggest threat to go. America than the educated black man. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, a black woman. But it's the black family that's been under attack. I look yeah. at the background of the uh, good times and how it was um, mainly ra- around Florida Evans. Yeah. And she demanded that a black man was going to be on that program. Yeah. Because they were going to have a single black woman living in the ghetto as usual. With three kids. With three children. To make black men look like y'all wasn't doing nothing. And sad thing is, black men are more active in their children's lives than any other race. And these are facts. That's facts. That's facts. And you know what they wanted? They wanted that trauma bonding between the single mothers to go on and continue to empower each other. And we just have generations and generations of single mother homes. That yes, and Alex, you were absolutely right. Black Black was a great show. And they have grown it. So yeah, that's so, true. That's true. Blackish was good, and that that is over with. Um, you know, and I looked at one of my customers different. I've been knowing they have for a long time, and she didn't want to watch it because I felt like they was pushing their opinion on me. Mm. And I almost I had to girl. That, I said that ain't an opinion. That's black life well, you and know black what? facts. We got some facts right here because okay. that time y'all we had a contest for y'all who entered. You shared a reel. You followed the heifers. Your hashtag, you did all that. Oh, look at shit. that. Mama missed your name up there, kissy. So we're going to spin and see who the first winner is right quick. Who's going to get a copy of this book oh, right we gotta here? Oh, got to spin it. Uh-oh. Holly Cotton is the first winner okay. that will be a copy of a book. Okay. Congratulations, Holly. Holly's going to love this book. And Holly works for the Ebony Network, so I'm going <laughs> to talk to her about you interviewing on her show about this book because it's excellent. All right, we got one more giveaway. Let's go ahead and see who wins the second book from Avery Washington. And it looks like it's Misty. It's Kizzy. I knew Kizzy was going to win. You go, Kizzy. I knew it. Mama Miss, congratulations. You get a copy of the book. So I'll be contacting our winners from your mailing addresses so I can send you guys this book and y'all will have a good read because I know I am definitely... Alex loves that nickname I gave her. Yeah, Misty one. I'm a Miss one. No, that's Kizzy one and Holly one. Gone. Gone, both of them. Now. Yes. But I'm telling you guys, even if you guys didn't enter the concert, get a chance to win, please head to Amazon. Get this book along with several of them, but this is his latest one. You got to read it. You got to make sure you purchase it. Even if you don't want to read it, make sure you give it to a a gift of woman. Matter of fact, I think I'm going to have to buy another copy because I think this would be an excellent book for our cousin. Oh, yes. She is going through it. We got a cousin that's going through it. And I think this book would be very uplifted for her. Well, I think, first of all, she needs to move from um, where she at. Oh, ATL. Yeah. You know, a lot of black folks I saw running to Atlanta. And it didn't do anything for me for some reason. It was a, and then I went to the Freak Nick one time, and I did not leave my, um, I didn't leave my damn we hotel. Both, look, we both went. We was up there. We we went on a strip one time. I'm like, okay, let's go. And, to hold room. up. This was daytime. Yes. We went shopping. Our friend and we lived out there. We went shopping, and what I saw, I was disgusted. 
And I was like, I ain't going out. You ain't Girl, let's go get some food, get our drinks, and we in this hotel. I'm not leaving. Yeah, make sure we ain't leaving no place. But I appreciate you, Avery, not only for, you know, being a guest on our show. This is the, uh, the digital time. We, you know, you are always welcome back. Always. And I necessarily don't want to bring you always on for your book, even though they are excellent. You have great talking points that are just right dead on. I love folks that's full of black knowledge because that's one thing I like to know is my, about my history and about my people. Yes. Um, Michelle knows I'm very militant. I try to tone it down when I get on the because she be like, God damn shit, don't be going for now, shit, I'm gonna tell you right now, Avery, we were both dead tired before we got on this show. We done both pepped up with this conversation, brother. So oh, we yeah. appreciate it. I'm I'm telling you, oh, this yeah. is awesome. I appreciate it. Look, uh Rocky, I better not see you apologizing to nobody on YouTube now. Oh, damn you, you you say you militant. I don't want to hear you apologize. No, 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 I'm very militant. <laughs> Talking about, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I don't say sorry about anything I meant. Because to me, that's a lie. And I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get to heaven, so I don't need no lies or anything extra. Yeah. So I don't apologize. I am militant. I'm very proud of um, who I am, where I come from. Um. I don't, you know, I went so far to got my DNA and, you know, I was upset that my, my, my um, Nigerian went down. I'm like, God damn. But anyway, I'm very, <laughs> I, I, I love black men and I love my black sisters and I love, but I love, I'm a people person anyway. I get along with yeah. anybody and everybody, but we all need to have some kind of pride with your culture. Everybody should. Have some boundaries. Yeah, I don't care if you Native American, you Mexican, have some pride in your culture and love. Love it. Exactly. exactly. Like the Jewish people do. That's why That's why I say, hey, look, Jewish folks, they ain't gonna let you fuck with them. No, you can't do that. You ain't gonna forget the Holocaust. And that's another thing I get pissed at black folks. I don't talk about slavery. I'm embarrassed. Are you crazy? Exactly. But Avery, let everybody know where they can find you online, your uh, social media, everything. You can find me on Instagram at author Avery Washington, and you can go to my website, which is AveryWashington.com. And uh, all of my books are listed on my website, but also uh, all of my books are on Amazon also. And I also wanted to let you know that oversexualization of black women in America continues to stay on the bestsellers list. It was number one a couple times, and uh, it continues to fluctuate up and down. But it's on Kindle. It's available on Kindle and paperback right now. And uh, my hard copy will be coming in tomorrow. So I have to approve that. And uh, it'll be soon on hard copy. And I just recorded the audio book with my voice. So uh, I have to do some editing. And uh, it'll be in all four of those formats. So I really appreciate you yeah, as soon as your audible is done, because we know um, Killer Brew need that one. Yeah, uh, one oh, y'all tripping. Y'all see, y'all, y'all keep messing with that man. <laughs> Our homegirl said that he's going to need the yeah. audio version because he can't read. But no, he can read. But the thing is, he likes to get me hyped for something. He likes the way I say motherfucker. Yeah. So he gets moist off of me cussing him out. <laughs> Wait, hold up. You didn't went too far. Come on, now look. Hey, I, 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 hey, look, hold up, hold up, hold up. You're talking to a man right now, you know. You, I'm not one of your girlfriends and that's so... No, but I'm just saying it makes him excited. Is that better? Let me use a better word. It makes him excited, but he likes a little ratchet, so I can't talk to him like I'm talking to you. <laughs> I got to 
cuss him out to make him happy. It's very sad. But yes, Rocky, Rocky had the thing. But y'all follow Avery Washington. Please go purchase his book. Make sure you recommend it to your friends. Because like I said, I just thought of our cousin. She's going through something right yes. now. And I think this book would actually be an excellent start for her yeah. to start on her path of healing. So Avery, thank you so much again, brother. Congratulations on all your success. I love y'all. We love you too, brother. We appreciate you. Are welcome back anytime, brother. For I don't real. care. I don't care if you want to talk about a news article. You bring it on. Yeah. Tell, tell Mr. TC I said what's happening. We'll do. <laughs> Definitely will, everybody. Avery Washington, y'all. Yeah. Always a pleasure to have that brother on our show. And I'm telling you, we met him years yes, ago. Yes, Avery is so cool. Years ago. And we, and we met him at an art gallery in person. Yeah. And uh, then we also had him on our, the when we were on radio. Yeah. But when you meet Avery in person, he has such a strong what's the, a strong presence. A presence, and that's when you know it's like when he was just saying when you carry yourself like a lady, you're gonna be respected. And like I said, I love the way Avery carries himself because he let the way he carries himself is I'm married, I'm happy. Don't fuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> and I and a lot of more black men need to he need to write a book on how to carry yourself like a strong black man if they listen. He need to do it anyway. Put it in hip hop. Make it into a rap song. Make it into a rap song. Yeah. They listen in. They'll listen in, y'all. But we already know, y'all, it's Thanksgiving Eve. Now, of course, we want to wish you guys a happy and safe Thanksgiving. And I definitely updated our subscribers on Instagram because our schedules have gotten so crazy yeah. that we had to reduce the price of our subscription because I'm not sure how often we'll be able to do it. But we're going to come through for y'all. We'll probably try to do a private live tomorrow sometime of us fooling around, cooking, drinking, and being mad. Yeah, we will be cooking and drinking. I, I got to, I'm sure she's going to record me shucking oysters. I have, was it five dozen? You got to shuck five I, dozen. I got five dozen oysters shuck, and I'm going to be a shucking sister. I've done it before. I'll do it again. Talk about Little Mermaid. Yeah, talk about Little Mermaid. Hey! <laughs> the original. Oh, yeah, exactly. Of mermaids. Don't, don't get me started. For y'all that don't know. Yeah. Um, well, I think the name of the um the water goddess is Wata Mama. And, oh yeah, yeah, from yeah. The and it's and it's, it's it's a goddess from the Caribbean. Um, yes, yeah, Starbucks stole the image, slapped it on as it used it as a logo. But for you all that don't know, when you hear these people talking about, oh, she's not black. Yes, she is. Yeah, that, that it comes from mermaid tales come from the Caribbean. Caribbean. So y'all just look it up. No, but we're going to try and do something because I know uh, Lawrence Killebrew did have Killebrew Kicks, his foundation, which raised enough money to take a bunch of kids to go see Black Panther. I thought that was dope. Yeah, I ain't doing no with kids. Come on, Rocky. I'm not doing it. Come nope. on. Mm-mm. We can encourage some young they ladies. Gotta be, they got to be of a certain age. I'm not dealing with nobody bad ass cheering. Y'all saw what I said. This is why I don't have kids. <laughs> well, Bernie Mac. Shut the hell up. You know what? Look, everybody, y'all have a great holiday. <laughs> Next week, we are having on Mr. Steve Brown yes. and Marvin Hunter. That's going to be a hilarious show because they will be showing out and performing live in Houston next weekend, which we will be there to show um, show up and show out. Yes. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and share it with a friend. And if you guys want to listen to us on the go, this podcast will definitely be in audio format by tomorrow. So if you didn't get a chance to stick around for the whole show, you want to listen on the go. Yeah. Tune in on all your, any place you listen to all your podcasts. That's where you find the heifers, okay? So, hey, be blessed. Be out. I holla.